Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zora. Africa, Amka na Unai. It is uh, 7 o'clock Central African time. A very good morning to you and welcome to the final hour of Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are broadcasting to you live from Johannesburg in uh, South Africa. You can find us online on www.channelafrica.co.za and on channel 802 on the DSTV audio bouquet. My name is uh, Teddy CB and driving the show with me this morning is uh, Anne Musa and Tracy Pumgaard. The top stories on Africa Rise and Shine at this hour. The Economic Freedom Fighters introduces a private member's bill to nationalize the South African Reserve Bank. The black man shot in the back at least seven times by police in the United States is currently paralyzed from the waist down but expected to survive. And in economics, American Airlines becomes the latest carrier to warn of huge job losses because of the coronavirus pandemic. But first, here are the news with Anne. SABC News. Independent and impartial from an African perspective. Aman Musa, good morning. The United Nations top envoy to the Middle East peace process has told the Security Council that Israel's move to suspend annexation of parts of the West Bank has removed an immediate threat to regional stability. Secretary General Antonio Guterres earlier welcomed an agreement reached between Israel and the United Arab Emirates through U.S. mediation to establish normal relations in a deal that would stop Israel's planned annexation of occupied territories. Nikolai Mledinov is the U.N. Special Coordinator for the Middle East peace process. Israel's commitment to suspending annexation removes an immediate threat that had the potential to upend the peace process and regional stability. The Secretary-General has consistently called for Israel to abandon these plans. Annexation would constitute the most serious violation of international law, effectively close the door to a renewal of negotiations and destroy the prospect of a viable Palestinian state and the two-state solution itself. The Israeli-UAE deal also has the potential to change dynamics across the region. Moldenov has cautioned that the security situation in Gaza has continued to deteriorate, a trend that could, could soon become irreversible. Gaza is teetering on the brink of another major escalation with Israel. The occupied West Bank is fracturing under a multitude of economic and political pressures. Settlement expansion and demolitions continue, and the COVID-19 pandemic continues to have a devastating impact on Palestinian and Israeli societies. This is the stark reality of the current situation. The World Health Organization says ending polio in Africa is one of the greatest public health achievements and provides a powerful uh, inspiration to eradicate it globally. Africa has been declared free from polio by the WHO. It usually affects children under five, sometimes leading to irreversible paralysis. 
Death can occur when breathing muscles are affected. The disease is now only found in Afghanistan and Pakistan. There's no cure, but the polio vaccine protects children for life. Nigeria is the last African country to be declared free from polio, having accounted for more than half of all global cases less than a decade ago. WHO's Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. My brothers and sisters, the end of wild polio in Africa is a great day. But as we all know, it's not the end of polio. 16 countries still face outbreaks of vaccine-derived poliovirus, and we have a hard road ahead to eradicate wild poliovirus from Afghanistan and Pakistan. As long as polio persists anywhere, it's a threat everywhere. We still have a lot of work to do to finish the job of consigning polio to the history books. South Africa's Transport Minister Fikile Mbalula has lamented the rise in alcohol-related road incidents following the lifting of the ban on the alcohol sales. He was giving an update on the new transport regulations as part of the Level 2 of the coronavirus lockdown in Midrand in Johannesburg. Mbalula says it's unacceptable that in the past weekend alone, there were many reports of alcohol abuse, recklessness and fatal car crashes as compared the past weekend to an Easter long weekend during which many people are killed. It has been proven, even though we have not given empirical evidence, but when we release the statistics during the Easter holidays this year, we can link that to the present in relation to the impact of alcohol and also to the impact of reckless driving on our roads. Fatalities on the roads are bigger than the fatalities of COVID 19 combined over a period of time. Just on one weekend, of Easter, where we bury hundreds of people. So that tells you that the numbers in terms of road fatalities are doubling up. It has been proven that uh, when people were not drinking, we account for low fatalities. The second day of the Republican National Convention is underway in the U.S. with more members of President Donald Trump's family lined up to voice their support for his re-election. Two of his adult children are making an appearance. The president's daughter, Tiffany Trump, has asked Americans to support her father in November. If you care about living your life without restraints, about rebelling against those who would suppress your voice and building your American dream, then the choice in this election is clear. A vote for my father, Donald J. Trump, is a vote to uphold our American ideals. Be true to yourself and stay true to the dream of America. In sports news, lawyers for the Argentina star Lionel Messi has informed Barcelona he wants to unilaterally terminate his contract with the Spanish giants. The lawyers, the lawyers sent Barcelona a fax in which they announced Messi's desire to rescind his contract by triggering a release clause, sending shockwaves throughout the world of football. However, the club maintains the clause expired in June and that he remains under contract until the end of the 2021 season. In principle, this clause expired on the 10th of June, but the unusual nature of the season disrupted by the coronavirus opened the way for Messi to ask to be released from his contract now. He joined Barcelona's Youth Academy at the age of 13 and made his debut for Barcelona in 2004 as a 17-year-old. The six-time Ballon d'Or winner is the club's record scorer with 600 
134 goals and he has won the Champions League four times. Channel Africa would like to distance itself from fake social media accounts using the name Channel African News. The Facebook, WhatsApp and fake website have been impersonating our genuine Channel Africa digital platforms. Channel Africa is not associated with these fake accounts. Channel Africa's Facebook account is Channel Africa Numerical One. It is Channel Africa, the African Perspective. SABC News. Independent and impartial. From an African perspective. The chief whip of the economic freedom fighters, Flo Chivambu, says that introduced a private member's bill in the Standing Committee on Finance to nationalize the South African Reserve Bank. The bill was originally introduced by party leader Julius Malema in 2018 but lapsed due to the term of the fifth parliament expiring. But parliament's legal advisor says the bill could face constitutional challenges. According to a constitutional court judgment of 2012, private members' bill must be treated the same way as a bill introduced by a member of the executive. Zalene Merrington reports. None of the members serving on the Standing Committee had any questions to Floyd Shivambu's amendments that could see the nationalisation of the South African Reserve Bank if passed by Parliament. This after two DAMPs refused to be part of the meeting due to concerns over procedure and constitutionality. According to Shivambu, the amendments are aimed at changing the ownership of the central bank and not its mandate. Through a state-owned central bank, the South African Reserve Bank is one of the is the is the is the apex is that the apex of the financial system in South Africa, and it should be democratically owned by the people as a whole. And, it, and there, there there are so many things which the Reserve Bank is not doing, which no man was supposed to be dealing with. Like how do you explain that we have the, the levels of concentration that we have now in terms of bank ownership? The Reserve Bank knows very well that in at, at operational level, banks deliberately profile black people and charge more, them more interest rates and everything else. They've got the power to could say from a regulatory point of view, you cannot do that. But there's no consequences. But Parliament's legal advisor, Nolutando Mpikashe, has cautioned that in its current form, the bill might not meet constitutional muster. We are of the opinion that the bill may not pass constitutional master if it is passed as is. As the proposed expropriation of shares does not allow any discretion for the consideration of compensation, which is contrary to what Section 25 of the Constitution requires. Whether the infringement could be justified or not as a Section 36 limitation is a gray area, which still needs to be tested and clarified by the Constitutional Court. The chairperson of the committee, Joseph Mashwangani, advised that the bill should go through the normal parliamentary processes. Uh, I think we should go to the to the to the next step, uh, uh, like we treat any other bill, and then uh, get uh, inputs from the uh, the public. So let, let, let's take it in that uh, manner, and then uh, we'll deal with all range of other issues as and when uh, they come. The black man shot in the back at least seven times by police in the United States is currently paralyzed from the waist down but is expected to survive.
That's the update provided from uh, family attorney Benjamin Kramper amidst an uproar over the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake Jr. in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That has spurred several nights of destructive demonstrations and prompting the Democratic governor of the state to deploy the National Guard while declaring a state of uh, emergency. Sherwin Price Peace reports. Three months almost to the day after George Floyd's killing at the hands of former police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and re-energizing a protest movement that continues to reverberate around the country, with doctors unclear whether Blake will be able to use his legs again, listen to Benjamin Crump, one of the family's attorneys. The medical diagnosis right now is that he is paralyzed. And because those bullets severed his spinal cord and shattered some of his vertebrae that attorney Savi would get to in more detail, it is going to take a miracle. It is going to take a miracle for Jacob Blake Jr. to ever walk again. He is currently in surgery as we speak, still struggling to sustain his life. Fellow attorney Patrick Salvi provided further information. He had a bullet go through some or all of his spinal cord, at least one bullet. He has holes in his stomach. He had to have nearly his entire colon and small intestines removed. He suffered damage to his kidney and liver and was also shot in the arm. The only public video of the incident shows Jacob Blake walking away from two police officers, weapons drawn and pointed at him. He walks to the driver's side of his vehicle with his three sons in the back seat, opens the door, reaches inside, when several shots are fired. Witnesses said Blake had been attempting to break up an altercation between two women when the officers arrived. Blake's father, Jacob Blake Sr., became emotional when addressing the media. He shot my son seven times. Seven times. Like he didn't matter. But my son mattered. After nights of violent protest, an appeal from Blake's mother, Julia Jackson. If Jacob knew what was going on as far as that goes, the violence and the destruction, he would be very unpleased. So I'm really asking and encouraging everyone in Wisconsin and abroad to take a moment and examine your hearts. Do Jacob justice on this level and examine your hearts. The officers involved in the shooting have been placed on administrative leave while investigations continue. Jackson, clearly emotional but in a moment of stoicism, had a message for America. We need healing. As I pray for my son's healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually, 
I also have been praying even before this for the healing of our country. God has placed each and every one of the, us in this country because he wanted us to be here. Clearly you can see by now that I have beautiful brown skin, but take a look at your hand and whatever shade it is, it is beautiful as well. How dare we hate what we are? We are humans. A family steeped in prayer and faith, hoping their son, father, brother, uncle and cousin will walk again. I'm Sherman Bryce Pease in New York. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Cabinet has decided to place the entire country on alert level 2, with effect from midnight on Monday, the 17th of August 2020. Alert level 2, in terms of our risk-adjusted strategy in dealing with the pandemic, means that there is moderate COVID-19 spread of the virus with a relatively high health system readiness. The move to level 2 means that we can remove nearly all of the restrictions on the resumption of economic activity across most industries. Channel Africa. For your latest update on the novel coronavirus COVID-19 for Channel Africa in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, I'm Coletta Wanjohi. Once contaminated, hands can transfer the virus to your eyes, nose or mouth. From there, the virus can enter your body and make you sick. 17 minutes after 7 Central African time, this is Africa Rise and Shine. Should you wish to send us any comments or questions on uh, today's show, please do send us an email to info at uh, channelafrica.co.za or you can also send us a WhatsApp message to plus 2776-300-3327. Transport Minister Figilin Balula says the National Road Traffic Amendment Bill 2020 should be signed into law by December. This as the country grapples with a spat of drunken driving incidences. The new bill will ensure that the alcohol limit for motorists is 0%. Balula briefed the media last night. Pumzilem Langeni reports. Drunken driving has once again come under the spotlight with many calling for alcohol ban. This comes in the wake of the death of three Twanini Metro Police officers who died following a head-on collision at the weekend while chasing an allegedly drunk motorist. Balula says 27.1% of fatal crashes in the country's roads are as a result of driving under the influence of alcohol. We hope that should actually happen before end of the year. Yeah, it should be before end of this, uh, before before Parliament rise, we should be able to, to bring that. Uh, so if that happens, it means by December this year, no alcohol in your blood. So that's what is going to happen uh, going forward. 
Mbalula also announced that four more airports have been given the green light to resume operations. Mtata, Hootspruit, Palabora and Margate airports are the latest addition to the 14 airports already permitted to operate under COVID-19 alert level 2. Long-distance minibus taxis and minibuses will only be allowed to carry 70% passenger capacity. The same applies to rail operators. Mbalula says there's no indication as to when the ban on international travel will be lifted. Border travel and all of that inter-border regional is not permitted at the present moment. Probably that can happen at level one uh, when we are moving forward. But uh, all of that depends on the work that the net joints will recommend to the NCCC in relation to the opening uh, of borders. And that goes also to international travel. When will that happen? In September or next year? It will happen as and when uh, recommendations are placed before and the empirical evidence permit us to open up uh, the borders. Even under South Africa's hard lockdown, there have been incredible individuals doing amazing work, especially entrepreneurs who found ways to transform their businesses. A new book detailing stories of hope conceptualized and written during the lockdown was officially launched on Sunday. One of the contributors of the book is Mpo Mohaswa, a qualified chemical engineer and founder of Precious and Pearls Brands, which manufactures and sells ginger-based drinks. Mohasa now joins us on the line to tell us uh, how her business has been surviving the lockdown. Good morning and welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. Good morning and thank you for having me this morning. Thank you so much. Now, many businesses have struggled uh, to stay afloat. So how have things been for you since uh, the lockdown changed uh, our lives? So the announcement of the lockdown really came at a time where it was a peak season for us. And I think it was almost towards month end. So that was a total setback for us. But it also gave us time to pivot and really rethink our strategy. And so when the lockdown was finally lifted, uh, because we were an essential service, uh, we are allowed to trade, and we have since been ramping up slowly. Yes. Uh, we're hoping because it's spring, summer now, um, things are still opening up, so we're hoping we'll be at a maximum uh, at some point. Now, your story of uh, resilience during hard uh, times has also been documented in uh, the book titled Hope Stories. Tell us about uh, that and some of uh, the key issues that your story touches on. So in the book, I, I speak about exercising a strong willpower and finding a great community. And, and that can be family members, it can be friends, it can be your fellow entrepreneurs. Uh, where you can grow strength from, because I think more than anything, this time has been about mental strength. Uh, our mental health should be top priority. So I think that's what we should be focusing on first before anything else. Now, Paul, what did it take for you to see opportunities uh, during uh, the lockdown for your business, uh, when for some others, for some others rather, it may have seemed as if uh, all doors uh, were shutting. Sure. Um, I'd say when it started, so people started baking um, and then they started ordering our khmer, the ginger drink. And because khmer goes well with scones, um, people started ordering and we saw an opportunity to actually re-look at our sizing and and look at a home consumption uh, type of size because we're mainly focused on big events. 
Um, and when those were cancelled, then we had to really get uh, resizing and look at a, a small consumption. But what also helped us also was um, there was a big topic on the importance of having a strong immune uh, system. So a little, a little bit of a light bulb came up and we started focusing on different ways on, on how they can use our, our ginger drink. Uh, especially having it as a as a ginger shot, so mixing it with honey, lemon, and hot water, or mixing it with turmeric and pepper and and other other things, and that really 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 worked for us, and um, most people were happy um, to try it out, and I think it gave us an opportunity also to see if we can introduce ginger shots in the near future for for our winter season. Uh, but what it, it, we also got an opportunity to relook at what other a customer base can we look at and we also looking at uh, offering uh, our ginger drink at take a lot now we in the final stages and we were fortunate enough to have actually be listed in three food lovers markets so it, it has been a, a great opportunity for us yes now what would you say has been your biggest fear during uh, the lockdown and uh, is there anything that you could do about it Oh, really, there was nothing one can do anything about. Um, you know, it was an unexpected expected <laughs> because um, before it came, uh, it was just something that's happening internationally and we thought probably this side, uh, it might not come. I mean, there was a, a, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, for me, when the lockdown was initiated, uh, the biggest fear was the fear of unknown because we didn't know what was happening. But because there was a lot of information being shared, whether it was real information or fake news, um, it was a bit too much for, for the for the mind to take and, and to take in and process. So there was a lot of things happening in, in my mind. I mean, at some point, I also <laughs> really looked at starting a new business. And, and then I think when you uh, find your true north and, and just relax, that's when you realize that the mind sometimes you, you get, when you get a lot of information, then you get a bit scared. So there was a whole lot of things happening in my mind. Now, lastly, before I let you go, um, uh, with the recently uh, launched book, uh, Hope Stories, what do you wish readers could uh, take away from it? And how can they get uh, a, a copy? Uh, the book is full of great stories. I mean, it's 27 stories of great entrepreneurs who've really pivoted and, and looked at different ways on how they can still be in business and, and survive this and, and get out of, on the other side, stronger. So I'm hoping the, the readers, um, it's stories that they can easily relate to. So I'm hoping our stories will inspire the reader uh, not to give up um, no matter what happens. And it, it's just a reminder that things, get difficult before they get easier so it's hope stories so we're hoping uh, we will be able to, to inspire someone uh, the book they can get it on uh, www.overtherainbowshop.co.za so it's www.overtherainbowshop.co.za Paul thank you so much for joining us this morning on Africa Rise and Shine thank you for having me and have a lovely day that's Paul Mohasa, a qualified chemical engineer and founder of Precious and Pearl Brands, which manufactures and sells ginger-based drinks. 
Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authorities in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the Black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on Black Economic Empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at Netlet to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were experience and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Cabinet has decided to place the entire country on alert level 2, with effect from midnight on Monday, the 17th of August 2020. Alert level 2, in terms of our risk-adjusted strategy in dealing with the pandemic, means that there is moderate COVID-19 spread of the virus with a relatively high health system readiness. The move to level 2 means that we can remove nearly all of the restrictions on the resumption of economic activity across most industries. Channel Africa. Follow Channel Africa on these social media platforms on Facebook, Channel Africa One, on Twitter, at Channel Africa One, and YouTube on Channel Africa Radio. Our website, www.channelafrica.co.za. Channel Africa. From an African perspective. You are still tuned in to Africa Rise and Shine right here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. For now, it's time for us to head over to the news headlines with Anne Musa. SABC News, independent. And impartial. From an African perspective. Good morning, I'm Anne Musan. The headlines, Ivory Coast's former president, Lohong Bakpo, has been barred from running for the presidency in upcoming elections after the court confirmed the Electoral Commission's decision. The United Nations top envoy to the Middle East peace process has told the Security Council 
that Israel's move to suspend annexation of parts of the West Bank has removed an immediate threat to regional stability. And South Africa's Transport Minister Fikile Mbalula has lamented the rise in alcohol-related road incidents following the lifting of the ban on alcohol sales. Those are the stories making headlines. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorka. Africa, Amuka na Unai. COVID-19 and the lockdown have forced individuals and organizations to do even more of their businesses online. Unfortunately, crime has followed suit. Cybersecurity experts report a recent increase in ransomware, pushing attacks and malware in South Africa. To further discuss how the lockdown has driven crime into the digital reel, we're now joined on the line by Lindy Lekogo, Executive Sales at Netstar, a vehicle tracking and recovery company. Good morning and welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. Good morning, Teddy. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you so much. Now, please tell us some more about the cybercrime situation. How serious has it become? Um, Teddy, I think over time it has become increasingly problematic. Uh, I'll just give you um, some facts around this. Is that today, hackers attack every 39 seconds. Uh, this would mean that we have an average of about 2,244 um, cyber attacks a day. So this is uh, proven to be quite a problem. And we see that uh, when we compare this year to last year, um, that uh, the, the, the cyber crime and data breaches have increased by a staggering 273% in the first quarter compared to the same time last year. Um, and therefore, we really do have a massive problem, uh, particularly in the country. Uh, also, uh, Teddy, Accenture tells us uh, that uh, now South Africa has actually has the third highest number of cybercrime victims mm. of any country. Uh, in the world, despite us ranking number 25 in terms of population. So we, we, we do have a real problem on our hands here. But is there concern uh, that consumers may have also let their guard down since we have become uh, increasingly forced into the online way of uh, doing things? It's a combination of factors. It's not just consumers letting their guard down. It's, it's, it's now we've moved into a more connected environment. Uh, we have multiple phones, we've got wearable devices, we've got laptops, tablets, and all of that, um, which essentially means that there is more opportunities for cyber criminals to, to, to attack us. And they're hard at work, and they're using the latest technologies um, to attack. So it's not as if we've let our guard down as consumers it's just that the criminals are getting smarter, they're using uh, better technologies, um, uh, which is then the call to consumers and businesses is that it is a time now that we must be more vigilant in time that we must take more precautions around protecting our data, protecting ourselves uh, and the like. Uh, Speaking of uh, protecting our data and uh, the likes, what exactly is uh, making it easier for uh, these uh, criminals uh, to rob people online, you know? Um, Talk us through some of the tactics. Sure, I, I'll do that. So the, 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 what exacerbates the problem uh, is that uh, because of the pandemic that uh, we, we, we currently uh, faced with, 
uh, most uh, individuals, organizations, we move it online. So all of the work uh, or most of the work is now happening online and we've got more devices um, that are now connected. Um, you'll see with the recent uh, massive data breach from uh, the experience uh, that was recently uh, announced, uh, where there's 24 million uh, personal uh, data records that have been uh, stolen, as well as uh, 800,000 businesses that have been exposed due to this data breach. Yes. And what, what that entails is that why people and organizations have to be careful and what those tactics that you're asking are is phishing where uh, you, you'll be sent a, either an email or any form of communication uh, from uh, what seems to be an entity that you do business with or you have a, a, a service with a bank uh, and where they, they're asking you questions that they shouldn't be asking you over email, uh, personal information such as passwords and all of these type of stuff. So that's uh, happening quite a lot. The other thing that's happening is impersonation where because now they have access to these type of data, uh, you'll you also recall about 18 to 20 months ago, the Home Affairs database was also breached, yes, meaning yes. that uh, personal information is out there. Now credit information is out there. So the combination of these elements, someone can pose as you, Teddy, out there, uh, impersonating you, and they can take out credit, they can take out uh, and, 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 and hurt you that way financially. Um, and specifically for businesses, what uh, the, the cyber criminals can do is what's called ransomware. We saw that in August, um, Garmin, uh, the, the, the GPS uh, equipment manufacturer, also paid billions of dollars um, uh, due to ransomware. And what ransomware is, an organization will then um, uh, reach the data and hold really personal or really critical uh, information. And then we'll then go back to that organization that should you want it back uh, and you don't want it either, those criminals to do something quite drastic with it, you need to pay for it. And we saw that Garmin paying uh, for that. So it, it's a variety of things. It's phishing is one of the tactics, um, impersonation, um, uh, ransomware, or even hacking. So the, 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 you really have to be careful around it as businesses as well as consumers. And what makes it difficult to nab uh, these uh, cyber criminals? Because, look, they, as I said, they, they use the latest technologies. Um, uh, the, 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 the fortunate thing uh, around this is that most of the, the groups, uh, the cyber hacking groups and the cyber criminals, are largely known um, internationally. But uh, you, you find others um, that are not so well known. And because of how technology works is that you can't really pin them down in terms of where they are in terms of location because they can use the technologies or what's called a dynamic IP address, for example, that you can't pinpoint exactly where they are because they'll dart around the world and just pinging different locations. So it'll be very difficult to, to, to find them. But uh, I know that there's institutions uh, in the world that are geared to find and hunt cyber criminals down uh, to crack down on the cyber crime. And uh, you'll you also be, be happy to know, uh, in fact, we, we're quite anticipating uh, so, so, so that, that our own president uh, is going to sign the Cyber Crimes Bill, which was introduced by the National Council of Provinces uh, and passed by them on July 1st, which would uh, essentially uh, focus on criminalizing the theft and interference of data. Uh, and therefore, we hope that the president will do right and sign that Cyber Crimes Bill so that we can uh, criminalize this, 
so that the hunting uh, and the lockdown of this uh, is, is, is going to be uh, put into full effect. Now, lastly, uh, how do we as consumers become more vigilant? Please uh, share some of the online security tips. Um, absolutely. So, um, the, the the sharing of personal information uh, is 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 you, you have to be very careful in terms of what website you go into, where do you populate your your credit card and password information. Um, it has to be reputable sites. And you can't just give those uh, to, to just anyone. So protecting personal information as much as possible. So uh, if you then uh, segregate personal information as well as credit information and making sure that it's secure, it's protected, that uh, the institution that's requesting or requiring that information is, 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 is reputable and you know that uh, they, they are certified and there's a body that you can escalate them to should uh, your, 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 your breach be, be uh, compromised. The other thing, if you are to want to share data online, you must always check the website. There's something that's called an SL, SSL certificate, mm. meaning that the website that you're transacting on uh, is secure and there's encryption that's going to happen there. Never put personal or credit information on a, on a website that's insecure. And you can see that on the top left-hand side of the website that is this website secure or is it not? And never, ever give your personal information to a website that doesn't, not, it doesn't have that uh, security and information. And also in terms of keeping data, uh, either on your laptop or on your devices, and never store passwords on the device itself. I know sometimes we have many passwords and we look to save them somewhere. Uh, rather keep them on your head uh, as best as possible, but never store them there and make sure that you uh, recycle and change passwords quite frequently. What's recommended is that at least once a month, but if you can master more frequency, uh, definitely that's gonna be quite good. So those are some of the basic things that a, a, a consumer can do from a business point of view, is just to make sure that you've got access control uh, and protection of your processes by, by encryption, and securing the perimeter, whatever connectivity, be it securing the network, and uh, having a proactive threat management uh, in the organization. And as an organization, it's up to you to protect what's most important, which is customer data. The privacy of your customers is, is, is absolutely primary. Yes. And as businesses, it is encouraged that you own your data, make sure that you know where it's stored, how it's stored, and how it's secured. Uh, and therefore, those are just some of the basic uh, things that we can do to protect our, ourselves as consumers as well as businesses, uh, Teddy. Yes, uh, Mr. Kloger, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning on uh, Africa Rise and Shine. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Teddy. And that's uh, Lindy Lekogo, Executive Sales at Nesta, a vehicle tracking and recovery company in uh, South Africa. Africa Rise and Shine. Africa Zorza. Africa Amuka na Unai. As South Africa celebrates Women's Month this August, a focus group of women are leading the change for tighter tobacco controls and the control of vaping and e-cigarette.
This said uh, to bring the Southern African nation into alignment with the World Health Organization Framework Convention on Tobacco Control, FCTC, commitments through a campaign called Protect Our Next. These women work tirelessly to drive awareness and support for South Africa's draft control of tobacco and electronic delivery systems bill to be passed. Communications manager at the National Council Against Smoking, Dr. Sharon Nyasanza, explains. Okay, so, you know, uh, as the National Council Against Smoking, we do understand that the ban is always temporary. But again, we are concerned that with the ban lifting, many people who have stopped smoking would actually, you know, be triggered to start smoking again. So, you know, our, our main encouragement, our main message really at this time is for those who have stopped smoking to continue on that path. And again, we wish to, you know, highlight that the evidence does remain that there is still a, a strong association between severe outcomes for COVID-19 and the use of tobacco. And are you happy with the role that women in government have played in the fight to protect uh, other vulnerable uh, groups in the society from the use of tobacco? Oh yes, so we are actually, you know, we are actually uh, pleased with the role women has played. Not that it's only women of, it's, it's only women who actually have played the role, you know, in trying to develop better tobacco control policy. So, uh, you know, from the onset with the current tobacco product uh, act, you know, its uh, implementation, you know, its development was there was a, a big role that women played played in the development of, of that policy. And even with the, you know, framework convention on tobacco control, the FCTC, a lot of um, women. Uh, to our control advocates like uh, Mam Zanelem Tembo um, also played a big role in ensuring that South Africa actually ratified that um, convention. And uh, as NCAS, you are driving the awareness and supporting of the draft control of tobacco and electronic delivery systems bill that is yet to be passed. What will the bill do if passed? So, you know, when this tobacco bill is passed, it will bring, uh, you know, our tobacco control policy closer to the framework convention on tobacco control. So it does uh, come with five major improvements. So the first improvements is, first improvement is the provision of 100% smoke-free enclosed public areas. And this is very important again, you know, in the context of you know, Women's Month, because a lot of women are actually involuntarily exposed to secondhand smoke. So this actually will protect women and every other person who is influenced exposed to secondhand smoke. Um, you know, the tobacco bill also regulate electronic cigarettes and currently these uh, these um, you know electronic cigarettes or you know what we what, what we commonly call the vape products are actually completely unregulated and now they will also come under regulation so the way they are marketed the way they are advertised will now also be regulated like any other harmful product and and we believe that this is very very important you know in the in the you know present landscape and thirdly uh, the tobacco bill uh, also introduced plain authorized packaging so basically it will restrict the use of packaging the use of uh, branding to actually attract um, you know consumers uh, young and old to tobacco and nicotine products so for example you know we we have products like the Virginia Slims we have products like Marlboro P 
uh, you know, pink dreams, which were actually, you know, uh, created, um, specifically targeted to women. And so with such measures, like the plant packaging measures, we basically restrict the ability of the tobacco industry to use their packaging to actually, you know, drive up consumption and uh, attract the, you know, the youth and, and so forth. And then the final thing that the tobacco bill does is basically restrict the use of point of sale advertising. And, and they also stop the use of um, to, they also stop the sale of tobacco products through venting machines. And again, this is important because these uh, tactics have been actually found to drive up consumption and to basically make they make it e- like easier for the youth to access tobacco products. And tell us about the campaign Protect Our Next. The campaign Protect Our Next. Uh, you know, it's, it's driven by the National Council Against Smoking, amongst other partners like the Kent Association of South Africa, the Heart and Stroke Foundation. So, you know, the campaign basically aims, like the name says, to protect the next, you know, to protect the, the, the present and the future generations from the harmful, uh, you know, the, 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 harm, the harms of tobacco. So, uh, you know, we try to, to basically uh, drive up awareness of the harms of tobacco to educate the public. We also try to get public support for the tobacco bill itself, for people to understand what the tobacco bill seeks to do and how good it is, not only for their, you know, for, for their homes, but you know, for the entire community and for the entire, you know, country as well. So through the pressure, our, our next campaign, we try to educate, you know, kids from from the school level to any other person, from, from, from to parents actually, so everyone in South Africa to basically understand the importance of um, tobacco control in any public health policy. And and finally, in the era of the COVID-19 pandemic, what can be done to fight uh, against the tobacco epidemic? So, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, again, you know, has highlighted the importance of reducing tobacco use. Um, it is also, you know, it is also brought to the fore, you know, the need to address non-communicable diseases. So this is like diabetes, um, this is like cancers, you know, uh, chronic respiratory problems, again, have been linked to COVID-19. And these NCDs are actually strongly associated to tobacco use. So again, in the context of COVID-19, it is only just reminded us of how harmful tobacco is to the entire body, of how harmful tobacco is to women and men. That's Dr. Sharon Nyatanza, Communications Manager at the National Council Against Smoking. On the line, they're talking to Tutongoen. It's now time for us uh, to head over to Tracy Pungad for the Economics News. Thank you, Teddy. South Africa's Transport Minister, Fakile Mbalula, has announced that government has no plans to ban the sale of alcohol again. On Tuesday, South Africans across the country took to liquor stores in a bid to stock up on alcoholic beverages after a fake report that the ban could be reimposed. The report created alcohol panic buying at many shops across the country. Speaking in a virtual media briefing, Mbulula said despite the increased alcohol-related incidents such as drunk driving and reckless behaviour at the weekend, there was no need for the panic buying of alcohol. The notion ban will not arise in our situation. We have had to do it because we wanted to fight back the scourge of coronavirus. 
But in terms of our daily situation and the laws of the country, there is nothing that will move us to total ban of alcohol. But we've got to control the intake of alcohol because education alone, teaching people not to drink and drive, yes, it is important. We must intensify. But that alone is not enough. So we've got to curtail the over-accessibility of alcohol amongst our people. Mining companies in Mozambique have been warned that mining licenses may be revoked to companies that are unable to implement their production plans. The warning came from the Mozambican Ministry of Mineral Resources and Energy on a visit to the northern province of Niasa. This comes as illegal mining for Garnets continues to increase. The department says between 2,000 and 3,000 of the minerals were produced yearly. However, since 2013, there have been no legal extraction of the mineral. Legal operators have also been told to secure the areas concerned to assist in reducing the illicit production of the gems. Greenpeace International is calling on Kenyans to invest in renewable energy as a cheaper alternative to energy. Kenya's energy sector recently announced a tariff hike in energy costs as the country strives to meet the goal of universal access to electricity. Greenpeace says to achieve universal access to energy, community participation and transparency is paramount in allowing end users to shape decisions and processes. American Airlines has become the latest carrier to warn of huge job losses because of the coronavirus pandemic. The company says it will lay off 19,000 workers if the U.S. Congress does not extend a wage support scheme past September. American Airlines has received nearly $6 billion since the pandemic began. Senior White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow has painted an optimistic picture of a post-pandemic economy under U.S. President Donald Trump. Kudlow is the same advisor who erroneously stated in February that the coronavirus was largely contained. He was speaking on the second night of the Republican National Convention. Kudlow has warned that voters face a choice between economic health and prosperity under the incumbent or stagnation, recession and pessimism under Democrats. Blue collars, African-Americans, Hispanics, women, all groups benefited enormously. Everyone was better off. A rising tide lifted all boats. Then came a once in 100 year pandemic. It was awful. Health and economic impacts were tragic. Hardship and heartbreak were everywhere. But presidential leadership came swiftly and effectively with an extraordinary rescue for health and safety to successfully fight the COVID virus. There's a housing boom. There's an auto boom, a manufacturing boom, a consumer spending boom. Stocks are in record territory. A V-shaped recovery is pointing to better than 20% growth in the second half of this year. The U.S. dollars trading at 385.83 Nigerian Naira, 11.45 Botswana Pula, 107.09 Kenyan Shilin, and 19.24 Zambian Kwacha. In BRICS currencies, one U.S. dollars trading at 5.58 Brazilian hail, 74.89 Russian ruble, 74.08 Indian rupee, 6.91 Chinese yuan, and at 16.85 South African rand. 
The US dollar is also trading at 76 pence to the British pound and 84 cents to the euro. Gold is trading at $1,919 and platinum at $927 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $45.64 a barrel. Channel Africa would like to distance itself from fake social media accounts using the name Channel Africa News. The Facebook, WhatsApp and fake website have been impersonating our genuine Channel Africa digital platforms. Channel Africa is not associated with these fake accounts in any way whatsoever and we are doing our best to make sure that they are shut down. Channel Africa's Facebook Facebook account is Channel Africa 1. Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorza. Africa, Amuka na Unai. And that brings us to the wrap-up of Africa Rise and Shine for today. From myself, a TDCB, a producer, Luanda Mawume, technical producer, Sviso Mashiho, and the rest of the Africa Rise and Shine team, thank you so much for listening. For comments on the show, please do send us an email to info at channelafrica.co.za or WhatsApp message to plus two seven seven six three double zero double three two seven. You can also send us a tweet at Channel Africa One. Taking us to the top of the hour for the news and it's a song titled Diagutin Diagutinga Dinwa rather by Andy Legamajoy. <laughs>